This is AENN, American Exceptionalism News Network. Hello. In the traditional motion picture story, the villains are usually defeated. The ending is a happy one. I can make no such promise for the picture you're about to watch. The story isn't over. You and the audience are part of the conflict. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Some people want me to bypass Congress and change the laws on my own. It is the agenda for the 21st century you're living in today. For a brave new world where everything that you cherished and held true will no longer exist. The original Constitution, I think it is an imperfect document, and I think it is a document that reflects uh, some deep flaws. That would authorize the military to arrest people in the United States who, in the president's opinion, are enemies of the country. You'll find that they've also asked for the right to imprison farmers who wouldn't keep books as prescribed by the federal government. The Secretary of Agriculture asked for the right to seize farms through condemnation and resell them to other individuals. And contained in that same program was a provision that would have allowed the federal government to remove two million farmers from the soil. We've got to remember Republicans and Democrats were busy shredding the last vestiges of the Constitution. They're talking about inserting the army into domestic law enforcement. The homeland is part of the battlefield. And people can be held without trial, whether an American citizen or not. I have been often to, uh, I guess, the mothership in New York City. Uh, but it's good to have an outpost of the council right here down the street from the State Department. We get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have this far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. Take off the tinfoil hat and put on the Kevlar. It's time for battle with Paul Preston and the Agenda 21 Show. Well, hello and welcome to Agenda 21 Radio. This is the radio show that is stopping totalitarianism. One exceptional American at a time. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, are you that exceptional American? I suspect you are. That's why you're listening to this radio show. So welcome aboard. we got a lot of things going on. It's another banner news day. I mean, you know, if you, when you're in the news business, like the real news business, you know, like us with real news, not fake news, not the storytelling, not the slanted bias, all that other stuff. You know, it's a busy day because the truth is always very busy. Anyway, welcome aboard. Like I said, please visit our websites uh, for Agenda 21 Radio. It's a21r.com, a21r.com. We've got some uh, pretty serious stories up there, as you can well imagine. Also, some very valuable links. 
and of course newcaliforniastate.com and ncs51 those are the two uh, new california state websites that we offer and you know it's going to be interesting because our constitutional conventions coming up in fresno that's going to be happening here pretty soon that's going to be happening in just a little over a month and i'm telling you it's going to be an unbelievable constitutional convention it's going to be um the creme de la creme uh, we start off with charlie kirk on the 10th yes turning point usa charlie kirk will be there it will be a barn burner fresno california convention center it's going to be absolutely spectacular. The other part of it that's going to be carrying on here, um, we're going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of media attention and so on. I know with Charlie Kirk, but we also have Chris Ann Hall and we have Peggy Hall. Peggy Hall was supposed to speak at the um, at the uh, de- demonstration in Sacramento, sponsored by the Angel Girls and um, Freedom Angels, they're called. But um, she couldn't get on the plane because she did not wear a mask. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to wear a mask on an airplane. So this is a, the anti-masker is here. <laughs> anyway, she's definitely going to be one of the stars. Uh, then we have others yet to be announced because of con- contractual range. But we're deep into the negotiation, so this is looking very good. And so we'll be able to give you an update on those speakers, which will be um, pretty special, pretty spectacular. Also, uh, in the second hour, not the second hour, second the, the B block, the first hour. What am I talking about? Uh, Dave Hodges is going to be with us. We want to check out some of the scenes that are going on nationally about Antifa and uh, the other terrorist groups. Of course, we we have our own situation going on with the terrorist groups in uh, in Seattle, and of course, oh, that's the state of Washington. State of Washington. The, for those of you that don't know, it's Jeff. In, or Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee is the governor there. And it's interesting, when you start breaking down the heritage, right? <laughs> you start looking into his own personal family. You find out he has a daughter, and I'm sure he loves his daughter, Emily. He loves her so well, he makes sure that she's employed by, guess who? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <gasps> Shocking. I'm absolutely shocked by that, aren't you? Mr. Vaxer, no longer Mr. Microsoft, Mr. Vaxer is uh, Jay Inslee's daughter, works for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Now, that is big. It shows you the extent by which all this anti-Trump stuff with all these Democratic Democratic governors and mayors is going to reach. And again, it's very, very clear when you just take a look at the map, when you find out, oh, there's a Democrat there, there's a Democrat there, everywhere I see a Democrat, Democrat, right. And everybody's protesting Donald Trump. That's really what it comes down to. And now people are just now catching on. I was, uh, as we went, rolled up into airtime here, I was turning off the, you know, I, I, I turned down or turn off the radio signals that come into my head. <laughs> five, we have four or five sources. Sometimes it settles down to just two, but you know, I'm a multitasker from an audio standpoint, so I'm listening and listening, and they chime on with a little bit of a Fox thing, uh, and quite frankly, I was having some problem getting it shut down just moments before we go into air, and uh, they were talking about, well, maybe, maybe the strategy is now that the Democrats are going to continue the COVID business, the rioting business, all the way into the election in order to try and prevent Donald Trump from being 
reelected. Now look, <laughs> I don't think it took me to tell you that's the plan. Weeks, months ago, I mean, all, remember this whole COVID thing, the right, it's all just part of not reelecting Donald Trump now. I mean, can you just like, I mean, hello, after the series of events from Russiagate all the way to now, and it's the same cast of players from then until now, with the lies and the lies and the lies and the lies, and then there's more lies on top of that, right? And of course, the blind eye to terrorist acts in their own cities and in their own states. Gee, do you think that might be a clue that they're going to say, oh, the country's in turmoil and it's all Donald Trump's fault and Donald Trump's troops, Donald Trump that. Don, you know, they're blaming Donald Trump because, you know, Donald Trump, who swore an oath, by the way, and he's abiding by it, and apparently they're not, to protect and defend the Constitution. They are not protecting and defending the Constitution when they allow, quote, all peaceful protesters one minute and riotous people the next. Which, by the way, was kind of an interesting weekend. I uh, got to monitor the uh, the big... We Remember, we were talking about the big thing going on with the militia showed up in Kentucky, and they did on Saturday. And um, it was interesting. Here you have uh, two opposing groups, because, you know, the militia from around the state, uh, well, the states there in Tennessee and Kentucky, they all kind of converged, and, you know, they were doing their militia thing. I'm not going to talk tactics. They were doing their militia thing. And they were appropriate. They were, you could see it on the video. You could hear them talking to their people, to militia. They were there in in uh, Louisville. And so were the other group, the effing group. <laughs> the effing group. Any, anyway, but black militia leaders and militia, all dressed in black, who were black people, okay? And they, you know, they have a constitutional right to do that. No issue there. They have a constitutional right in... Kentucky, as in Georgia, and other, to to uh, be open carry, and by, uh, man, everybody was open carry. <laughs> I mean, it was an arsenal on both sides. Everybody was loaded for bear. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Everybody's heavily armed, and you know, it was interesting to watch the dynamics. They both played up to the police, like we're here to help you. <laughs> we we want everything peaceful. Well, you know, it's kind of looking a little bizarre, but everybody's got guns. Well, listen, I do want to say that it was incident-free until there was an accidental discharge. And I just turned off. This is no joke. I got a little bored of it all, and I said, I'm, I'm switching to another channel here. I'm going to see what's going on in Sacramento. And lo and behold, just moments after that, there was an accidental discharge in, well, the effing group. <laughs> And three people were wounded from an accidental death. But listen, when you have hundreds, maybe thousands of people heavily armed that aren't law enforcement in one city like that, and there's really no direct intentional effect that's saying something. But when you have a Black Lives Matter kid, kid, a white kid, who takes his his AK-47 in Austin, Texas, and points it at the head of a guy trying to get away from being taunted. You know what? He ends up dead because the driver had his gun on him and killed him, shot him dead. In self-defense, I might add. We'll be back. Dave Hodges is next.
protecting your phone conversations from snooping agencies, foreign governments, and those who would use your conversations to hurt you and your family is the most important action that you can take today. DEF, Defense Enabling Assisting Framework, protects all your conversations and text messages. Don't find your conversations on social media sites or in the storage bins with big governments around the world. Protect your conversations today with the DEF system. I've used the DEF system since 2014 and have been 100% protected. Go to A21R.com, that's A21R.com, and sign up for the DEF system today. That's A21R.com and sign up for the DEF system today. Protect your conversations today with the DEF system. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. MyPillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing. Nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Call 800-266-4715. That's 800-266-4715. And use the promo code AGENDA. 800-266-4715. Promo code AGENDA. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Agenda 21 Radio is brought to you by Aram Solar. Yes, if you want to make sure your house is powered and you want solar, go to Rom Solar. But also, because of the recent behavior of California, boy, how appropriate it is we're talking about that right now, shutting off power to 43 counties is not a fun thing. And by the way, it doesn't need to happen. But if it does happen, you need to be prepared. Get yourself a generator for your house. Rom Solar can do just that. It can provide electrical power at any time for any shortage that pops on. If it, your power pops off, they will pop on with a generator. All you need to do is give them a call at 866-676-5276. That's 866-676-5276. That's a ROM Solar, the best solar you can get, but also the best generation you can get when your house runs out of energy. Don't let yourself be held hostage by the energy companies any longer. That's 866-676-5276, a ROM Solar. It's- And welcome back to Agenda 21 Radio. Reminder that Dave Hodges is going to be with us in about two seconds. But also to uh, visit our website, a21r.com, for all the latest news and information. Also, newcaliforniastate.com. We're uh, putting up the tickets for sale for the uh, convention. You want to get them earlier if you're going to come as a gallery member because they will be cheaper. <laughs> um, but after that, they go up. And where it's a th- it's a two and a half day convention, and it's going to be a barn burner. Um, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA is going to be the lead on the tenth, so we're getting that all straightened out. 
and uh, really excited about uh, Charlie Kirk. And it'll be in Fresno at the convention center, so it's a large venue. So we f- we expect to fill it up. <laughs> uh, it, this is our seventh constitutional convention. We're putting together a constitution, um, the real one now. Uh, it'll come out as a draft, but uh, by the end of perhaps uh, November, we'll actually have a, a viable constitution to work with for the new California state. Okay, anyway, Dave Hodges is with us. Dave, I understand there's snipers from Antifa in Aurora, Colorado. Is that true? Yeah, there's snipers on the roof, uh, no question about it. I'm going to tell you a backstory here, and we should have gone with the story, but uh, Paul Martin and I decided to hold off. Thursday night, Paul calls me and says he has reliable information from elements within the Aurora Police Department that 5,000 Antifa, uh, Muslim Brotherhood, uh, and Chicoms are showing up in Denver and that the governor, Polis, is supplying them with weapons through a third party. And that was what we had Thursday night. And uh, we also had... um, confirmation from well like i said uh, independently from within the aurora police department as well as a former aurora police officer and uh these people uh were all saying the same thing yeah they're here they're organizing the fact that they went to aurora which is an eastern suburb of denver was surprising it was expected that they would be in denver in downtown denver about 15 miles away Interestingly enough, Paul, the uh, epicenter of where this uh, Jeep was shot, had its tire shot out, and they were trying to kill a family inside on, on I-225, yeah. it's only about, uh, only about two miles from where I grew up. And uh, uh, the Aurora Police Department has been neutered for years by liberal management from their politics. Mm-hmm. When they had the Batman shooting back in 2012, there's an Aurora Police substation in the Aurora Mall about 75 yards away from the movie theater where that shooting took place and they didn't respond until other agencies were on the scene and they were 75 yards away they completely stood down and i covered that at the time it happened and when you see this crowd on 225 and the images are out there and they're going up on my website this morning uh when this crowd was there they were blocking both lanes hundreds of people on interstate highway um, and the police are nowhere to be found. Nowhere. I did notice when I glimpsed at that and saw the, uh, you know, the it's a SUV basically that was driving through. The tires were flattened by somebody shooting at them, and I thought to myself, "Where are the police?" And they're out there on the highway. What do they expect? You know, what do they expect? <laughs> People are just not supposed to use the highway. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, well in the the. Um, the police chief of Seattle, she put out a um, a memo yesterday to businesses and uh, residents in Seattle and said, we cannot protect you. The mayor will not allow us to. That police chief has a real short shelf life now, I'm sure. So well, You have to say something about her. She has been honest. Yeah. You know, she's uh, everybody kind of was condemning her, and she said, no, I'm not taking any of that. It's, you know, what's going on here, what we're doing, being told to do. I want to go higher up the food chain, though, um, and you take a look at Jay Inslee. You know, we've been long critical of Jay Inslee for a long time. I went up to Seattle uh, not too long ago, and I, it, it, it's totally a socialist area, no question about it. Um, 
brought to you by Jay Inslee. But Jay Inslee's daughter, you, I don't know if you heard this or not, her, his daughter, Emily, works for the Bill and uh, Melinda Gates Foundation. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. Shocking, shocking. So no influence by the Gates Foundation on the governor. Nah, no, I can't imagine that. No, well, this is uh, coming everywhere. You, you know, I'm going to throw something out, and we we could we'll probably do hit and miss on this comment for as long as we're together this morning. But I was reading some time back, and it talked about the reason the interstate highways were originally built, according to David Eisenhower, Dwight Eisenhower. I mean, right. um, he he um, he was concerned about the Red Menace. And he really thought McCarthy was on to something, but McCarthy was a drunk, and he embellished and exaggerated his own credentials. Uh, so he, he really couldn't support him, but he knew the Russian threat was real, and the infiltration was real. And he thought someday that the Russians, based on intel he had, would penetrate U.S. cities, cause major chaos, and they came up with a plan. The, the original continuity of government plan was to build interstate highways between cities, make it the main thoroughfares. And then if the Russian-led forces, communist forces, were able to gain a foothold in these cities, the plan would not be to go in and engage. It would be to basically choke off the cities from right. any escape. Nothing in, nothing out. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Yeah, no, I am very much aware of that. I studied that interstate highway system well, years ago, years ago. <laughs> And, Paul, if we look at what's happening today, this is spreading like a stage four cancer, this violence. I see this coming. I see people are going to be on their own, like the Seattle mayor has already said in writing. Not mayor, but uh, the uh, police chief. And I believe that we're going to see cities shut off, and it's going to be every person for themselves. In the cities? Yes. Right. I, well, that's what's happening right now in um, Seattle. That's what's happening right now in Portland. Now it's Eugene, and even Los Angeles to some degree. Although uh, they seem to be a little bit more hostile—not uh, hostile, but more, a little bit more aggressive at suppressing things in Los Angeles than they do in the other place. Which surprises me with Garcetti. I have a feeling there's something going on there, and I have not looked into it. You know, this is sort of my neck of the woods, but I, you know, but because we're doing New California, we kind of just don't care about Los Angeles. But we're going to take a little bit uh, different look at what's going on between uh, Garcetti and the police, and even the sheriff, um, who's long been. People have long said he's the sheriff in that uh, county has long been associated with MS-13. Yes, that's and, correct. And uh, that's correct. so we're going to take a different. I think there's there's something else going on, and I think it has to do with what happened with Obrador down there in Mexico, and that attempted shooting uh, that's now being linked to the communist, the, the, where they tried to assassinate the police chief, and of course being a huge signal to Obrador, um, which he comes out with his fifteen, thirty five uh, Mexican Marines, which are trained by the U.S. Marine Corps. Um, he comes out and makes a statement. Then he actually does go visit with Trump. Um, I, there's something going on there um, in the linkage to MS-13 by way of, of, of Villanueva, who is the sheriff there, and Garcetti. I, I have a feeling that breakdown is occurring between Garcetti and his law enforcement henchmen, and they might be singing a different tune. That's just my 
play on Los Angeles, but I ha- I don't have all the evidence yet. I had some I had some more information on that if you're interested. Sure, go ahead. I have a person on the ground named Sam Arnold who uh, was in Mexico City when the attempted assassination of the Mexican city Mexico City uh, police chief took place. Garcia, who I can't remember his last name, but anyway, he was in um, an extreme um, fortified um, mechanized vehicle that can withstand RPG attacks. Right, um, right. And I first reported on these about 12 years ago. And uh, he was attacked. He still, even despite the protection, he was wounded, uh, shot three times. Uh, members of his crew were killed. And this was a combination Sinaloa hit and MS-13. They were people that were imitating grounds workers, city workers, and whatever, and they, they caught him in an intersection. Now, here, here, here's the situation. Mexico is necessary for a Red Dawn invasion of the United States. Trump has actively worked against this, and this is something I've covered extensively on the Common Sense Show, but it's kind of like I'm shaking the trees and people aren't listening. Um, When Trump uh, let Bolton come in, he used him. He used him to put 5,000 Marines at the Darien Gap in Colombia, and Bolton believing that was going to be a jumping-off point to invade Venezuela, and the elite get the war with Russia and China that they want. And Trump fired him as soon as he got the troops in there and made the deals with Colombia. And so the Darien Gap is guarded. Now, people say, what's that? If you had South American revolutionary forces, communist forces moving north to link up with Panama, Nicaragua, and so forth, the hostiles that would be entering this country, along with the CHICOMs that are embedded in Mexico as well as some of them are embedded here, you need to get through the Darien Gap. And, and so what Trump effectively did with that move was block South America communist forces from linking up with North uh, uh, the Central American forces. Now, there's another element to this, too. Trump has completely turned around El Salvador with their new leader. He has supplied them with unbelievable amounts of Southcom training forces. There's personnel there, as well as massive amounts of equipment. And El Salvador sits right in the middle of the march forward north to the American border. Now, he now is working at a trade deal that really went beyond the most recent trade deal that replaced NAFTA with AMLO. And so the Mexican president was all too eager in his failing economy because of coronavirus-19. He, he said, yes, I'll come and meet with you. And communist China, that controls basically Pemex, and I've got Pemex sources that tell me this all the time about how the Chicoms are always there. And uh, AMLO is going to meet with um, Trump in Washington. They said, no, 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 no. You need to have Mexico, obviously, as a staging area at minimum to invade the United States and our southern underbelly in the southwest. And here AMLO is going to meet with Trump and and modify a trade deal to Mexico's favor. And this killing, attempted killing, of the Mexico City police chief was a warning sign to AMLO, you're next. And, right. and so even though the assassination was unsuccessful in terms of killing the police chief, it set a clear message. AMLO still went. Uh, Mexico sits, and, and this is what I'm hearing from Mexico people. You're not seeing this in our media, but Mexico is close to civil war. Mm-hmm. You have you have uh, the federales, the Mexican Marines, and then on the other side, you have the UN, and yes, I'm saying United Nations created Mexican National Guard. Uh, last year in April, so we're going on now about a year and a half now, there was articles that appeared in like the Washington Times, the Washington Post, 
and the UN said, yes, we've we've helped to create the Mexican National Guard for quote humanitarian purposes. Bullcrap! They're an invasion force, and and uh, th- this is the scenario down there. And Paul, I can't get very many people's attention, but my information is not double sourced or triple sourced. It's like I've got tons of documentation from people in Mexico that are saying, Dave, this is what's going on, but we're not giving this the attention it deserves, and it'll never see the light of day in the mainstream media. Well, yeah, and, and I want to go back to the uh, the AMLO thing because your your reporting and my sourcing and everything is uh, uh, aligns. Uh, shocking <laughs> it's not that we talk to the same people but you know we have different completely different sources and um you know yours some of yours are closer to certain things and mine are closer and we're basically hearing the same thing from the same sources so um and again they uh, the whole amlo thing <clears throat> obviously he had to make a move he was being forced to make a move the chinese are in uh, e- ever uh increasing uh, bad position, primarily by, because at the home front, they've got the flooding that's going on. It's absolutely inundating um, anything south of the uh, of the Yangtze River in the Three Gorges Dam area. They're blowing up um, dams and so on and, and flooding whole parts of China. As Chris Street has been reporting, and, and we've been getting uh, pretty much daily updates out of Taiwan and other places, that Three Gorges Dam is about ready to go, and you you can't sustain a dam of that magnitude, that size, with such poor engineering. I mean, it's already starting to warp, and you know you, you see the curves, the dam, and everything. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. But if that dam goes, the estimate is that 400 billion people will die. Right, and that, that's a big chunk of millions of people. That's about a third of their population. the The big thing is, is how the sustainability of them to have a military um, operation going on in the United States or Central and South America has got to be a big question now at this point in time. Well, yeah, th- th- these things intertwine. I mean, these events intersect. But when you look at what China, uh, this, this could be the impetus for war. Um, you're right about China. In fact, what I've read is 400 to 500 million. I've seen live footage. We, You have... All the farmland, basically, all the good farmland right. in China is underwater now. The protective equipment that we use here in America uh, is uh, manufactured in a factory that's now underwater. You've got major cities along these uh, tributaries from the Three Gorges Dam that are six to nine feet underwater because they've had to do water releases to keep the dam from breaking uh, and collapsing. And, and that would take out millions of people if that happened. It'd make Oroville Dam cat- catastrophe look like recess. Uh, it, and you've got the supply chain chaos that's going to come with this as well, too. And China's going to have to be a buyer on the food market in a big way. So I'm going to say to every American listening to me, and you better spread the word among your friends, if you think food inflation's bad now and it's tripled since last year, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're right. talking triple-figure inflation, multiple triple-figure inflation. You better get your storable food. You better get your supplies in order because soon, soon, you're not going to be able to get it. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, In fact, our own Chris Street, who I'm going to probably have in the third hour, um, it, actually, he reported Friday about the food situation and that uh, there's been a uh, – no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting my, my reports mixed up. He was reporting last night on our um, 
public call for New California because we're you know obviously seeing what's happening in China as it affects California and New California because you know California is nothing more than China East that's all and uh, anyway the, but he brought up the whole food cultivation business going on and in fact the Chinese have bought billions of dollars worth of contracts for for corn and for other products uh, wheat and rice and all this other good stuff from the United States just just did this over the last couple of days obviously in anticipation of the loss of farmland in their own country and the the fact that there's going to be mass starvation famine if you will and of course we talked a little bit about the famine that was taking place you know with uh, under Mao from what 58 to 62 that lost what 50 million people in that one but you know we're talking about the loss of life of 4 to 500 million people a half a billion people and, you know, you're talking about cities like Wuhan, that whole area of industrialization being knocked out. Um, this is a knockout blow, I think, to China, period. I, I think it could be. So what do you do when you have assets strung out, you know, all around, uh, you know, uh, South and Central and North America? I would say this. This is my response. The Bible talks about in the end days a 200 million man army. I think right there they've got. 200 million men who will join based on what's coming if they want to eat. I, I, I Let me give you another example. I'm going to make a parallel here to America. The uh, foreclosure and rent extensions expire this week. Um, and most of these people who will lose their homes, lose their apartments, be on the street, are young. Young males who will be pissed off do you think there's any groups that they could join to, mm-hmm. to express their pissed offness? Oh, yeah. And the same thing is true in China. They've got they'll have ready made refugees to start trading for battle. Yeah, if they have the food. Well, they'll take the food. Um, Vietnam will fall. That's that's that that'll be the first target. Australia will capitulate and send them food or be invaded. That, that This is my working scenario right now. Um, I think they'll even try to do a trade deal with Taiwan to try to survive to get through this and promise Taiwan safety. But, of course, they will never honor it at the end of the day. It'll be like Germany and sure. Russia um, in World War II. So the I, I sat down last night, looked at a map, and I said, what are all the things the Chinese could do short of going to war to satisfy their food needs. And uh, they're involved right now in South Africa in stealing uh, white farmers' land with the ANC and participating in the murder of these people. But the food they're generating is not enough. They're getting more minerals out of the ground than they are food. So that doesn't help their immediate problem. Um, they, The Chinese are dominating right now in Ecuador um, because they basically own the economy now and also, too, in Chile. Can they generate enough food? Probably not. So it's going to have to come from their immediate area, and that's uh, that's Vietnam, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, that area. They don't dare take on India because India will nuke them, and that's not what China wants right now. They won't take on Taiwan initially because Taiwan, six missiles could take out six Chinese ports, and that problem with starvation just became a lot worse. I They have – listen, I get emails – every day from people in New Zealand, 
and mostly from people in Australia. The Chinese are dominating in these areas with colonists. In fact, there's entire Chinese villages in mm-hmm. Australia. I've been sent the pictures. And I believe they're going to blackmail the Australians for a lot of food. I, I think this is stage one for what they're doing. Um, will they do a deal with Japan? I don't know. Will Japan jump ship and abandon America's alliance? See, that's another question I asked myself, and I don't know the answer to it. So we're, we're looking at all the preconditions for war. In fact, I actually took a class when I was in college, way back in the 70s, undergrad, natural disasters, and blah, 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 and I got to go to all these emergency bunker places on field trips. Pretty cool class. And one of the things we were told by a general who addressed us from NORAD, he said, the wars of the future will be less about resources in terms of oil and gold and so forth and more about food. And I think the Third World War is going to be started by food. I think the globalists have planned this. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if weather wars, and people say there's no such thing, I would say, oh, excuse me, uh, Air Force yeah, owning the weather 2025. Yeah, exactly. I think weather wars are, are pushing what's happening in China right now to push China to war. Yeah, that's a that's a reasonable scenario. And again, for those people who don't believe in chemtrails and weather wars and all that, uh, <laughs> we have some uh, real good swampland to sell you in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'll look some common sense from my website. We have that document, Air Force Holding the Weather 2025. I'm in communication with one of the signatories there, and I have been for years. And uh, that technology is real. Earthquakes can be induced. Yep. Storms can be enhanced. And this is old technology. This is HARP technology, and we have gone way beyond that with space weapons that we have out on these geosyncretic satellites out in space. Well, I think we saw some demonstrations of that up here in uh, Paradise, California. Well, no question. And that kind of tells you who controls the uh, the facilities. Um, <laughs> I, I hesitate to say who I've been told controls this stuff, but it explains a lot. I've been told it's rogue elements of Air Force Intel, which was created, by the way, at the same time the CIA was in the NSA, the same year, 1947, yeah. and they never really broke away. And they are rogue as rogue can be. And they have rogue budgets. Exactly. This is where a lot of the money disappears to. And this is why Trump made the space program public. He didn't create the space program. That secret space program has been around since the 50s. My dad fed info into it from captured German scientists with theoretical physics uh, backwards engineering. And uh, he he told me before he died, he said, yeah, we, we have a secret space program. Trump just made it public and tried to get it away from these rogue groups in the Air Force. That was his entire motive. Yeah, you know, government just gets a little bit more complicated when you hear these kind of stories, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, except, you know, Paul, uncovering this is child's play. Absolutely. Uh, I I mean, it's so easy to prove. Give me an hour in front of an audience, and I'll have them walking out wanting to declare war on the deep state, because it's easy to prove. It's just people right now in America are so mired in their lives, and they're so focused on the surface battles of the lockdowns of Americans that they just can't see the forest for the trees. They have a bad case of cognitive dissonance. The lockdowns are terrible. We can't worship the Lord. Can't get any worse than this. Well, it just got a lot worse than that quite a while ago. It sure did. And, uh, you know, the evidence of that is everybody wearing their face masks. 
Well, that's a nice, uh, I call it the symbol of tyranny. Right, absolutely. Tyrannical, tyrannical submission is what that is. And, you know, the, those that don't wear a mask, you might as well be wearing a yellow Star of David on your shoulder. Well, that's another issue, too. Right. Uh, what's Israel's complicity in what's happening in America? I'm, I'm going to say this, uh, and, and everyone needs to crowd real close to the speakers now. Okay, press your ears up against it, because I'm tired of saying this. In July of 2019, I wrote a five-part series based on a leaked speech, and it's the same kind of speech given by the two prior defense ministers of China dating back to 2003. Mm-hmm. So you have three defense ministers saying the same thing. Race-specific for white Europeans bioweapons made in combination with Israel will be used to depopulate the United States and make it much easier to invade. Extermination and genocide is the order of the day, and occupation for resources of America is an order with 300 million colonists. And you can find that at the com. Um, July 2019, Weifeng, W-E-I-F-E-N-G-H-E, and then in somewhere in that barrage of articles I've written are the two previous defense ministers that threatened the same thing. This is Chinese national foreign policy to commit genocide against the United States with race-specific bioweapons made in combination with the Israeli government. Yeah, the, um, the Chinese speeches in particular by the generals were pretty well documented, and everybody just kind of blew over you know their comments like well that'll never happen but the reality check you know some of that stuff was from 2005 and the reality check you know is right here to be cashed in 2020 uh based Mm -hmm. upon those speeches that you're you're talking about and the seriousness with which this is now um accelerating is um you know going to be seen i think is the with the weather situation with the flooding that's happening in the Yangtze River Valley, which is basically, you know, a huge portion of China, uh, especially the manufacturing areas, is going to be a, a, a big tell. And then the starvation will hit. And then, you know, it's, it's very, very reasonable what you're talking about, that you'll have motivated players that want to go and conquer lands for food. <laughs> back Just back to the old days. Well, what do you have in the Rotting armies. Uh, unlimited rice. Oh, Yeah. That whole that whole rice ball area there, uh, with so many of the nations that were involved in the Vietnam War, they all are great rice producers, and, and China could conquer them in about a day and a half. Yeah, and I don't know that we would lift a finger to help them. I I know that when Obama went to Vietnam, uh, he signed a mutual defense pact, but I I don't think it'll get honored. I really don't. I don't see the U.S. I see the U.S. blocking China from invading Taiwan because they represent 6% of our trading budget. But I don't see um, the same commitment to Vietnam. I I, I just don't see it because it's not a big enough of a piece to risk going to war against massive forces. Yeah. Now, that could be wrong, but I I don't see Vietnam being a protected country by the United States. I don't either. I do see um, them stepping up with uh, Japan, though. Oh, most definitely with Japan, and I believe with India as well. You'll you'll have Taiwan, India, and uh, Japan um, in that whole thing. But, you know, and you look at Pakistan would come in with China, and they, they would nuke India in a heartbeat. 
so you've got, you know, if you look at the globalists and what they've written, and people want to dismiss this as well, but it's been around for 25 or years or longer, where the globalists like Ted Turner have said, we need to reduce the population of the earth by 90%. Well, what we're describing, the outgrowth of this scenario, would accomplish that goal. You would see 80 to 90 percent fatalities across the planet. Hmm. Anywhere where there'd be resources, you'd find death. Well, and that's been part of their plan all along. I mean, if you take a look at the Agenda 21 plan, it's resource technology, which, of course, is Patrick Wood's uh, area of expertise. Interesting you'd mention him. I'm interviewing him on Thursday about that very topic. Yeah, well, you know, we he's a good friend of the show here. He's been out at the Liberty Tours that we've had. Um, I, we talk all the time. And, of course, Technocracy Rising is uh, his, his main uh, work right now. But, of course, it goes way back when he was writing about um, the trilaterals over Washington back in mm. the 70s. So he's My got a favorite huge book, yeah. history huge history of understanding how these dynamics work and he's been calling it out or you know <laughs> people haven't been listening you know but now all of a sudden you you have technocracy which is driving everything including wearing masks and all the data that comes in from so-called covid so all this all the lying and misuse of the data which is what technocrats do and how we have actually we are now in the age of the technocrat and the technocrat is driving everything that we're doing you know the, the to the cheap technocrat such as a Gavin Newsom who really doesn't even know what data means, you know, to somebody a little bit more sophisticated, to a, a Fauci who does know what data means and lies about it all the time and has been for years. He's been a stooge of the technocrats for years. Anytime you have science that's driving policy on everything, you have technocracy. That's fundamentally what happens. And uh, Patrick has been a great author and a great um, uh, proponent of getting people to understand how deadly and bad technocracy is for them you can start to see it in california now no it, it, it and pat's right he he gets into the internal workings of the technology and how it's going to be turned against us it already is being turned against us smart meters was the first major step 5g is the second major step and he is right on the money with that the uh, i'm gonna you should have a lady on named virginia farver i mean she knows so much about 5g it's incredible um and and uh she goes down the same avenue as pat but she does it from a 5g perspective um you know there's so many theories out there about the the virus in 5g too i i don't know what's true but i i think we should be open to all possibilities you know i want to close the loop on one thing i brought up here um the um People say a Red Dawn invasion would never work. Well, the president's expending a lot of resources to make sure it doesn't work. But I will tell you this. People say, Dave, the air power of the Southwest would overwhelm any invading army. And I have two responses. Number one, the goal of a Red Dawn invasion is not to win and occupy. It's to bleed resources, tie Americans up domestically, while foreign forces take over our allies and we're powerless to help them because we're so mired in our own defense. But there's another element to this, too, that people don't talk about, and I expose this in the Clive and Bundy case. On the BLM land, when I was um, covering this, 
I, I I thought, what the heck is is Harry Reid's son getting five million dollars for to put <laughs> solar energy farm on Bundy's land? And this seemed to be like, I mean, this was an outlier. I said, this makes no sense until I looked into it. At the time, the companies changed names a half a million times uh, to conceal identity, but the group was named Cinta, and it's a, a subsidiary of the Chinese army, and Cinta was running these solar energy farms. Now, listen to these locations, and this is something I haven't really looked at beyond their, their Arizona and Nevada, but uh, Bundy's land is near Nellis, mm-hmm. and you have the Chinese there at that solar energy farm, and stay with me through this, because Luke Air Force Base... Um, about 30 miles to the south of me, the solar energy farm is 30 miles to the south within takeoff distance. And you have two solar energy farms run by the Chinese that are south of Davis-Monthan, which is south of Tucson. Now, listen to this. In uh, 2015, an Iraqi general flying out of Luke, flying an F-16 near the Mexican border in Douglas, Arizona, crashed. His plane just dropped from 10,000 feet, just flat dropped. And they couldn't find him when they got on the scene. And they never thought to look inside the charred cockpit. He didn't even try to eject. He didn't have a mayday call. And I'll tell you what I found out it was. And I published this story at this time. I had good sources, two sources independent. Of course, they had to remain anonymous. That told me he was brought down by a localized EMP weapon Probably operated by terrorists, but the origin of the weapon would have likely have been China. Although they said North Korea and uh, uh, Russia had the same weapon. And he was brought down based on intel where they knew he was at. If you put this weaponry near these solar energy farms, you negate a lot of American air power if you, if you don't uh, take control of these solar energy farms. Yep. They need that energy. And, uh, of course, the... Well, it's the way they conceal the weaponry. That's, right. what, that's what I'm saying, too. It's a front. It's a front for what they plan to do to our air cover. Hmm. And, listen, Paul, I've had this confirmed by, by someone who was pretty high up in RSOF and was a signatory to Air Force owning the weather 2025. You know, what's really funny, uh, Dave, is it... Um you know, you and I have been harangued for years as being conspiracy theorists and nuts and all this mm-hmm. other good stuff. And, uh, you know, I was uh, speaking the other day. Uh, I'd be more than happy to sit down with anybody who can disprove any of our theories over the last 10, 12 years, 15 years. Can you do? Can people do that? You know, we the answers are always coming to the surface, you know. And that's yeah, been yeah, one of the things we've been able to do is that um, over time – the so-called theories, which, by the way, is using a theory as part of the scientific process uh, or scientific method, um, we've we've been proven true about everything. Well, nothing. I, I have to tell you, really one, of the most, false. one of the most common comments I get from my colleagues, and Mike Mike Adams was the latest, and Mike and I talk a lot. He uh, he said to me. You got some heavy criticism for saying some of these things about Red Dawn and communist forces in Central and South America and stuff. And he goes, ain't no one criticizing you now, Dave. He goes, all huh. I hear is Dave Hodges is on top of it. And I hear this a lot. And it's not my ego being stroked. I have been trying to sound the alarm. Uh, listen, this isn't anything that our top brass is not aware of, but the average American does not know how much in danger they are. I've called for a Tet Offensive. I said there's going to be a Tet Offensive in this country where all the terrorists are going to come out on the same day, like what happened the Tet Offensive during the Tet Lunar New Year truce, 
and they're going to attack every major city. Um, I think we're leading up to that right now. I don't know how people can't say this is where this is trending. Well, the tell right now is with the the COVID virus business, and especially out here in California with the uh, you know Gavin Newsom, you know, as a strong proponent. Every every time you turn around, he's leveling something else. It's a uh, more hysterical than the than the next and of course none of it's true that any of the basis that he has out there and of course the real tell for all this ladies and gentlemen is that gavin newsom is demanding all these small businesses close all you know everybody who's uh, he doesn't want to have school now the reason why he doesn't want to have school or he's trying to close the schools down because he doesn't have the money to open them up to begin with that that's just kind of a minor little problem that, that's true for newsom but there's a bigger reason why they don't want the schools open. These are all Democrats now. The NEA is run by Democrats. The uh, NEA endorsed all these elections in states in the 2018 election. Every candidate endorsed was a Democrat. Everyone, 100%, no exception. Um, these Democrats are communist forces. They are tied heavily into the Democratic Party. They're a fundraising arm for them as well. Right. And, 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 and I want people to consider this. When you look at regime changes... Okay, for example, like when the Viet Cong would take over a village in Vietnam, they would kill two groups immediately, the political leaders and the teachers. And why would you kill the teachers? Because you can change the history when you put your own people in. And this is why they don't want the kids back in school. They don't want the kids kids back in school because they want the kids to be propagandized. Exactly. But here's the other big tell. You mentioned it, that uh, all the money and everything that, that comes into the DNC well, you know what? The only thing that the Newsom is allowing to be open are the casinos. The Indian gaming casinos are wide open. Tens of thousands of people that are not socially distancing 24-7 in these casinos. They're not wearing masks. They're doing, I mean, they're drinking. They're having a good time. But, you know, Dave, you have to have those money laundering centers open now, don't you? Yes, and uh, let's not forget the mafia influence tied to the Chicom influence Absolutely. in these casinos. And it, exactly, not only the mafia but the cartels. Dave, tell us how we can get a hold of you. We're running out of time here. The the Common Sense Show uh, dot com, and I'll tell you, I have a new TV show launching this week. It's uh, called uh, the Common Sense Show dot TV, and it's all in all all the distribution centers. From web TV to iOS to Android and so forth. It's on all, it's on about 10 okay, of them. So, Dave, thank you yeah, very much. That and you'll find it. We've got to go. Anyway, Dave Hodges here. Stay strong, America. Remember, we are exceptional America. We're sending out an SOS to the last vestiges of freedom, democracy, and the American way of life. Paul Preston with Agenda 21. This is AENN, American Exceptionalism News Network.